Man, what exciting times these are that we live in. So the title of the message for today, Amos chapter 7, we're in, and it is, This is Dangerous. And uh, I'm looking at all these things going on right now. We can say that's dangerous, but Amos deals with this. And think of this. Uh, they, in Amos chapter 7, what they're doing is they're going to mock God's prophet. They're going to mock God's prophetic word about judgment. Just laugh it off like you've got to be kidding me. Amos, keep your mouth shut. Stop talking about judgment coming. Blah, 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 blah. So uh, Amos wrote these prophecies probably around 750 B.C., uh, not long before the Assyrian destruction of the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom was destroyed, I think it was in 722 B.C., so I think 25, 30 years before it actually happened. He's saying, listen, it's going to come. The people are laughing at him. Okay. With that go back in your mind, 25, 30 years, you think, what were you doing? What were the messages you were listening to? I was talking about God's judgment back then, his prophetic word back then. And as I progress through the years, man, how often I've heard the mocking, and certainly you too, if you watch something like this regularly, or maybe you're someone who goes out there and tells other people, uh, listen, Jesus is coming and you better get your act together and you better believe what he says. You certainly experience the mocking and the scoffing, and uh, I, I get it from, uh, uh, usually from other pastors is where I get it the most from. I don't get it much from people who are not believers. In fact, from people who aren't believers, they watch the program, they send me emails, they have questions, and, and uh, I find it very interesting that they're engaged. They want to know what in the world is going on, but most of the mocking I get is from people who um, claim to be believers or perhaps they're in a role of a pastor or something like that, and they say, man, you better stop talking about this, these things. The, but the parallels between the prophecies and the judgments way back then and the reasons for the judgments, which we're going to look at these uh, uh, tonight, the reasons for them are absolutely, I would say, they're even somewhat profound. In fact, I'm going to have to hold on here for just a second. I have to ask for help from Brian. Hey, Brian, can you do me a favor? This is how you know this is live. Can you do me a favor? Go over, and there's a, a chair back over there on the other side of the studio. It has my black bag. I need my black bag because uh, there's something over there I want to read to everybody uh, tonight. Mucho gracias, Brian. So I don't normally do that. That's for just proof it's not live. If this wasn't live, we would cut. I get it myself. Thank you very kindly and uh, appreciate that. I got I to gotta access this in a little while um, for, for y'all that are out there. Uh, but just profound. The things that were going on then, the things that are going on now, the parallels between then and the reasons for judgment uh, and what's taking place um, right now. Okay, let's look at some, uh, just some updates in news, get us all on the same page with that. I'll be taking some stories this week specifically and doing a prophecy update during the week. This is kind of a prophecy update, but it's really more of a study through the book of Amos and looking at the parallels. So I guess you could say uh, Sunday nights are prophecy update too as we go through the books. But uh, let's just look at some news to bring us up to speed here. Here's this Biden, certainly everybody by now has heard this one, who's 79 years old, says he's feeling fine after testing positive for COVID again. And he goes back into isolation as doctors warn more than 40% of patients treated, uh, treated with Paxlovid uh, suffer reinfections. You know, they, they've got excuses constantly. I remember, it wasn't it Biden who said, if you get the shot, you won't get, you know, you, you won't get the, the, the COVID. Uh, come on, man. I mean, and some of the things, I mean, some things, hey, by the way, uh, with our live stream, it looks like this week we're actually going to be able to do um, host our own. So I'll be able to do what JD and some of the other guys are doing out there where we'll be able to talk and we'll also be able to go off of YouTube. We'll still be everywhere else, but we'll be able to host without the worry of censorship. So I'm excited about that. I should know by tomorrow. In fact, I think tomorrow at, one, at uh, 2 p.m. with my guest tomorrow is going to be the first test of whether or not that works. So I'm kind of excited about it. I've been wanting this for so long. It took a long time to get there. Okay, let's get going. Next story. Chinese state media threatens that China could shoot down Pelosi's plane over visit to Taiwan. Xi warns Biden, those who play with fire will perish by it. Okay, this presents a little bit of a problem. I'm not sure where this is currently. 
Um, I don't know when Pelosi's going or what the intention is, uh, but we have two problems. Because one is, what if China does shoot down her plane? Or what if they take her captive? <laughs> What's going to happen? And then the flip side of that is, what if America backs down and says, okay, Pelosi's not going to Taiwan now? I mean, that's another problem. Either way, America now has themselves in a bind. Of course, we have Joe Biden. And um, so for many of you who are watching across the world, you, I, I mean, what do you do? You must look at America and just say, oy vey, how can, I mean, it's, it's so bad. Uh, the, the president, the stuff going on with him. I mean, did you see that video this past week where he didn't even blink? He's just talking on. I mean, there's something wrong with that. Like, kind of, it kind of looks like a machine, but that's an, another story. Okay, next story. Christian school students say they felt pressure to play along with drag show at chapel service. Um, I, you know, so you look at these things that are going on, you, friends, to think that judgment isn't coming. You got to have your head in the sand. Then there's this: is pro. This out of zero hedge is pro-life now hate speech. So it's whatever goes against the grain. If you read this article, it says here, below is my column uh, in the hill on a shift in the rhetoric in the aftermath of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. From politicians to pundits, pro-life positions are being treated as virtual hate speech. The demonization of those with pro-life views is meant to cut off any debate on the basis of scope of abortion rights. It is the latest attack on free speech as critics seek to silence those with opposing views. Listen, that's exactly what's going on in the book Amos. They tried to silence the voice of Amos, um, but they were unable to, and guess what? Everything happened just like Amos warned it was gonna happen. We need to be aware. Next story, check this out. Out of the Jerusalem Post, Israel bans use of cash for purchases Larger than 6,000 shekels. So 6,000 shekels, I think at today's rate, is probably in American dollars about $1,700, probably right in there. You're looking at ban of cash for that? Hmm. Okay, start looking at things. We know we're going digital, but you need to pay attention to this because what the Bible describes a system with the mark of the beast that needs to be a digital type of system. But next article... New Jersey asks residents to reduce water usage over drought fears. I also saw this in a city in Texas. I'm thinking, I thought it was only the West that had these drought issues in looking New Jersey and Texas. And now I'm hearing other reports up in New York and various places. Uh, very concerning. I did an update uh, this past week. I encourage you to watch it if you haven't watched it already. And I dealt with what's going on with the climate, geoengineering, uh, quoted Dane Wigington, um, listen, if you get a chance, go back and, uh, and check it out and uh, see what's, uh, what's really going on with these things. I believe that things are being manipulated. Um, there, there's so many different factors that are taking place right now. You've got to look and wonder how much longer, Lord, before you're going to call us home. But it's just really, really something else. Next article, Philippines, 800 tremors after the earthquake. People on the streets are spending the night in fear. Okay, so we have the drought, we have these earthquakes. I, I received many emails from people that, were, that live over in the Philippines. Thank you for sending those. I wish I could respend all, uh, uh, respond to all of them. Uh, it, it's kind of impossible uh, for me to respond to everything that comes in, but I do read them, we access them, we read them. I check out the articles and I wanna thank you guys. But man, there are concerning times, aren't there? Uh, then you look at this article, Argentina's government is collapsing People refuse to work amid major subsidy cuts. So what have we seen? Ecuador, uh, Sri Lanka, now you have Argentina, and, and, and other countries too. There's a lot of them. I think when I did my live cast with Monkey a couple weeks ago, uh, pointed out something like 26 uh, nations that are in this collapse stage. I believe the globalists want it that way. Uh, they want to create crisis wherever they possibly can, because out of the crisis, then they can bring in their glo globalist system. So we're watching these things. Uh, we see... Uh, the drought, we see the earthquakes, we see governments collapsing, we know the food shortages. I mean, the list is just going on and on and on and on and on. And, and it's truly a, a wake-up call to anybody who's willing to pay attention. But check out this next article. Look at this. 
This is out of CNN. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. I'm not going to read this whole article, but look at this. Forever young, beautiful and scandal-free, the rise of South Korea's virtual influencers. Check this out. See that face on there? That's a fake face. This is all, <laughs> this is, is not, check this out. This is not a real person. All created with artificial intelligence. So I read the whole article. Apparently this person is on Instagram, has 130,000 followers, and they're influencers, so they can sell products. This is like gold. They, they're, since they're not a real, for, for these companies, since they're not a real person, they're scandal-free. They're, they're fake people. And you look, you go, this looks like a real person. The clothes are perfect, the hair is perfect, the makeup is perfect. Since there's no, not a real person, there's no background problems. There's nothing coming in the future with this person getting into trouble. Well, 130,000 Instagram followers. Ah, pay attention to what's going on with technology. And speaking of technology, check this out. Jeffrey Greider reports on Now the End Begins, as was originally reported in the New York Times. Look at this. Artificial intelligence image generator Doll E2 was asked what the last selfie would look like and it looks a whole look a lot like Revelation chapter 9, verse 6. I'm going to read to you Revelation chapter 9, verse 6. And then he goes on and says, man, it sounds like uh, the, the dawn of the zombies. And you, and you, you have pictures on here, by the way, uh, in this article, too, to kind of give you an idea of what it would look like with the last selfie on the planet. Revelation chapter 9, verse 6. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. That's at the fifth trumpet with the locust from the bottomless pit, the fifth trumpet judgment. So you look at that, talk about a zombie apocalypse. Listen, that is coming in the future at the time of the fifth trumpet judgment, Revelation chapter 9, verse 6. But I just find that interesting. Again, artificial intelligence image generator was asked what the last selfie would look like, and it looks a whole lot like Revelation chapter 9, verse 6. Wow. And what's Revelation chapter 9, verse 6? Against the fifth seal, the trumpet judgments, the locusts out of the bottomless pit. We're going to be going to a different locust judgment with Amos here in just a second, but one last thing I want to show you. We need a little bit of humor before uh, we go into the rest of this. Are you ready for this? Some of you saw this. Many people sent it to me over the last few days. Here it is. How many of y'all remember the Jetsons? I'm old enough to remember the George Jetsons. George Jetson, his boy Elroy, his, uh, his wife Judy, Jane, his wife, his, or his wife, I can't, I can't remember them all. His dog, Elroy, I think it was, and all that. Okay, check it out. Daughter Judy, Jane, his wife. I knew I'd get that right. Okay, look at this. I don't mean to alarm, you, alarm anyone, but someone is about to give birth to George Jetson. I did not know this until last week when everybody started sending me these, uh, sending these to me. Um, there it is, George Jetson for the Jetson program. What well, was his birthday? Look at it down there. You can see it circled. July 31, 2022. So I remember watching the Jetsons. I can't remember if it was in the 1960s or 1970s, but uh, there you have it. So apparently... <laughs> You know, strange, I mean, just strange things. You have weird things coming out of The Simpsons and, and SpongeBob, and now you got this with George Jetson. What else could be going on between 2022 and um, uh, 2030, the direction and the way everything's going? All right. Okay, so you ready? Let's think of this. I believe that there is trouble that is coming on the horizon. Uh, but as God sent his prophets of old to Israel, so also today God sends his prophets who go into the Bible to tell people the truth of his word. You know, what is really going on? Uh, that we would have a wake-up call, that we'd be able to understand, we'd be able to see things and go, and I think we need to make some adjustments here. The adjustment is, Lord Jesus, forgive me and save me from my sins and, and surrender to him. Because the things that are happening look strangely like the things that the Bible tells us, the signs that will develop during uh, the last days just before um, Jesus comes. So God sends people who study the word uh, to be able to proclaim the truth of his word. Many of you study Bible prophecy. You look, you get it. We might not agree on everything, but I, we, I do think we agree on this. Jesus is coming and you better be ready. 
Uh, it was Sir Isaac Newton, Newton who's purported to have said that the time of the end, a body of men will be raised up who will turn their attention to the prophecies and insist upon their literal interpretation in the midst of much clamor and opposition. I believe that we are in that day. The warnings from Amos were ignored, rejected, and even mocked. But in the book of Genesis, God said, I will not strive with man forever. Listen, before we continue with the rest of this in the book of uh, Amos, a reminder, we have the prophecy coming up in, in Huntington Beach, California, just a couple of weeks away. And uh, going to be some fantastic guest speakers that are going to be there. Uh, Billy Crone, Brandon Holthouse, Monkey, uh, Dr. Andy Woods, Don Perkins. I'm going to try and get them all. David Towles is going to be there, uh, coming from Israel. He's arrived. He's going to be there. Um, Don Stewart, James Cadiz. Seems like I'm missing somebody else. But it's just a fantastic lineup. You can go to Hope for Our Times, the app. You can download it. It's free to download that. You can get all the information on that event. And also HopeForOurTimes.com. And you can check out the event page there and get your info for all of the speakers that are there. Did I get all the speakers? Let me see if I got them all. I'm not sure. Uh, I think I did. Um, Joe Pettick. I knew I missed one person. Joe Pettick is also going to be speaking. So it's going to be uh, terrific to uh, attend the conference live stream because the event itself is sold out. But live stream, um, we kept the cost down as low as we possibly could. It's only $14.99 US, in U.S. dollars. So it's, it's, it's pretty minimal cost. I've seen conferences live stream go, uh, go through the roof. $14.99 to live stream it. It's going to be uncensored because we're able to host it ourselves. Everybody's going to be able to say whatever they want to say, uncensored. And if you can't watch live, that's okay. You'll have up to 30 days to be able to watch it anytime uh, that you want. So a pretty, pretty good deal. I hope that you all can join us and, um, and uh, go ahead and check it out. Okay, I think that's about all I want to say on that. Let's get going. So the mocking is going to come here in just a minute with Amos. He's going to be mocked by the, the religious leaders. Uh, but... Amos is going to be telling the people about a vision that he has. And, and the words from the prophet back then were meant to wake up the people of Israel back then that they wouldn't wait until it was too late. Same thing with today. Don't wait until it's too late. Look at everything that is developing. And folks, I can't encourage enough people to uh, just wake up. But in Amos chapter 7, let's start reading. Thus the Lord God showed me, says Amos, behold, he formed locust swarms at the beginning of the late crop. Indeed, it was the late crop after the king's mowings. What's that? After the king's mowings? Show you in just a second. It has to do with the elite crowd. And so it was, when they had finished eating the grass of the land, that I said, O Lord God, forgive, I pray. O that Jacob may stand, for he is small. So the Lord relented concerning this. It shall not be, said the Lord. What does that mean, God relented? So Amos says there's judgment coming. Amos prays. And then God says, oh, I'm not going to judge. Does that mean that he relented? He changed his mind? He repented? What does that mean? We'll see that. Verse 4. Thus the Lord God showed me, behold, the Lord God called for conflict by fire, and it consumed the great deep and devoured the territory. Then I said, O Lord God, cease, I pray. Oh, that Jacob may stand, for he is small. So the Lord relented concerning this. This also shall not be, says the Lord. All right, so notice a few things here. Number one, the first thing we notice is what Amos saw. Uh, back in chapter 3 of Amos, verse 7, Amos wrote this, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So God doesn't bring judgment unless he reveals it first. We have his prophetic word. So Amos was writing his prophetic word, preaching his prophetic word. You have all the various prophets of the Old Testament, the New Testament writers, and then you have the prophets that wrote into the last days. God says, I won't do it until I send my prophets with the prophetic word to tell the people, hey, here's the warnings. Amos is saying, hey, here's the warnings. Look around at everything that's going on and wake up. And the people didn't want to do it. 
I didn't want to hear about it. But Amos knows it's real. So Amos prays to the Lord, hey, Lord, don't do this. Don't do this. But nevertheless, God doesn't do anything. God's full of mercy unless he reveals it through his prophets first. It happened back in the days of Amos, and it happens today. So the first thing with what he saw, we noticed there was a vision of locusts. In verse 1, we are told that Amos saw a swarm of locusts at the beginning of the late crop. That would be late in the harvest, and then after the king's mowing. So what is this about? So the king would tax the people by taking the first cutting of the hay crop to feed his own livestock. And then the stuff that was left over, the people, they got to keep the late crop as fodder for their own animals. And when the locusts would finish eating, there would be no vegetation for man or animals. So what's going on here? He, this is how he said the judgment was going to go down. The king would get his stuff, because the king always took his stuff first. The king is part of the elite crowd. So the king gets his stuff. He gets the first mowings. Then God says there's a judgment that's coming. The locusts are going to come. They're going to devour what's left. So the little people, everybody else, the middle class, the poor class, you ain't getting nothing. The people at the top, they got all their stuff. Everybody else, the judgment came and wiped out everything. There won't be food for man. There won't be food for animals. Listen, when you see the black horse of famine and economic catastrophe of Revelation chapter 6, the rider on the black horse, you had the same picture. What happens? It's a, a day's wage for a loaf of bread, but don't harm the oil or the wine. Oil or the wine represent the elite class, just like here in Amos chapter 7, verse 1, with the king's mowings. This is the elite class. They're not going to be touched. Everybody else, you're getting jacked. That's what is going on here. It would happen back then. It's happening again in the future. And we see this developing now. Check this out. This is the same concept. When you see someone like this, here it is. There he is, the face you love to love, right? Klaus Schwab. World Economic Forum calls for an end to private car ownership. Okay, think about this. Do you think, who's going to own all the cars? Somebody has to own them so they can lease them to you, so they can rent them to you. They're saying rent. So somebody's got to own all the vehicles. Who do you think's going to own them? Well, like the, the king's mowings of the first harvest, of the, of, of the late harvest of Amos chapter 7, the king's mowings. Guess what? They leak in all the stuff. They're going to control everything. They're going to own everything. You're going to own nothing and be happy according to Klaus Schwab. Okay, another example of this elite class having everything, you getting stuck? Check this out. There he is, Barack Obama. You don't buy a $12 million waterfront house on Martha's Vineyard if you really believe the oceans are rising. Bada boom, bada bing, you better believe it. That's, that's the reality of it. Why, why do these guys, who are so well off, who are super rich, these elite, they're part of the UN, part of the World Economic Forum, part of the World Health Organization, they're the ones who are dictating to everybody else the way it's going to be. They're telling us about climate laws. They don't believe the climate laws. Why does Obama do something like that? Uh, you know, you're, wait a minute, why did he buy property on oceanfront property when he says the oceans are rising? Because he knows it's not true. All these people know it's not true. But just like this prophet, uh, prophecy from Amos chapter 7, verse 1, thus the Lord God showed me. Behold, he formed the locust swarms at the beginning of the late crop. Indeed, it was the late crop after the king's moans. So the king's gets their stuff, the locusts come, they devour everything else, the elite are sitting good, everybody else, well, everybody else, quite frankly, gets jacked. So that's what's going on here. Okay, so we see the vision of locusts, right? That's what Amos saw. Then you see the vision of fire, uh, verse 4 through 6 again. Then uh, thus says the Lord showed me, behold, the Lord God called for the conflict by fire, and it consumed the great crop and devoured the territory. And then I said, O Lord, cease, I pray. Oh, that Jacob may stand, for he is small. For, so the Lord relented concerning this. This also shall not be said 
the Lord. So this next plague, so the first one was a plague of locusts. Next one is a, is a conflict uh, by fire. Um, it says the fire will destroy the land. In other words, God summoned the fire to destroy Israel. It's going to consume, says here, the great deep or dry up. The underground rivers, it's going to just be all consuming. All the moisture is going to be sucked out of the ground. You start looking at some of the things that are going on today, and man, it starts being kind of concerning, doesn't it? As you're looking, you're going, what in the world is, is going on with the droughts? And uh, you, know, you look at things like uh, Lake Mead. I was looking at pictures of other reservoirs just the other day. Uh, we went out to a lake that's nearby us up in the mountains last week, and I'm looking going... Man, this is strange. I've never in my life seen this particular lake so low. It's a lake that, that uh, we get our drinking water from. Uh, very concerning. But he says, I'm going to send fire. It's going to consume even the great deep, even the water underneath the ground. Then you look at what's going on with the aquifers in America, the giant one in Nebraska and, and out here in California. And you realize there's a huge problem uh, with the crops. Uh, what's going to happen with them? Very interesting days. But we read about these types of judgments, and a thinking person will start to recognize the only reason that we have water, the only reason we have crops, the only reason we have food, and all the blessings that we have is because of God's grace. It's common grace to all people. That's different than the saving grace. The common grace to all people. God is good. God is merciful. He, with loving kindness, he draws people to him. But people, they reject God. They reject the thought of a creator and all of that. Uh, they don't want anything to do with him. God says, all right, guess what's going to happen? That day is going to come when you and all of your wisdom, you and all of your climate laws, you and all of your stuff, you want to get rid of me? I, I think, listen, I, I've been looking at geoengineering. I know I did a video on it. I told you about that already. Um, but I'm looking at things going, man doesn't want God. Man is trying to manipulate things on their own, saying we are God, whether it be DNA technology or this artificial intelligence stuff or, or uh, the, the uh, uh, geoengineering with the climates. All this stuff is going on, and man's just going to make things worse and worse. But God here, he's threatening his own creation in order to judge man. Um, so I'm looking at this thinking all of creation suffers because of the curse of sin. All of creation does. The, uh, the dogs, the cats, the trees, the rocks, the, the cosmos, the dolphins, everything suffers because of the curse of sin because of man. Uh, all creation does. And God says, even my creation is going to be destroyed because of my judgment of man. It's, it's man's wickedness, not the rest of creation, yet all of creation suffers. But this world is like a time bomb. Uh, it's ready to, it uh, seems like it's ready to explode. Um, people look at it, and if you're looking at Bible prophecy, you're wondering how much longer will the rapture happen this week? I don't know. How much longer before all this goes? We can tell it's about ready to go, can't we? You look at things and you hear about, we know there's an economic catastrophe that's coming. I believe it's intentional. We've been printing trillions of dollars and the economic policies are absolutely ridiculous that we've had over the last many years and they just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And it's not just America. It's pretty much a global phenomenon that's taking place. But I believe it's intentional because once you create the crisis that's big enough, a collapse is big enough, uh, once you get to that point, then... Um, what do you do? You, you, you make everything so bad that the people will cry out and say, man, um, we're big brothers, save us. Government, save us. And that's what man wants. Man wants to get rid of God. You look at the UN, they want to get rid of God. You look at Psalm 2, let's cast his cords from us. God says, I'll laugh at them. I'll hold them in derision. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. God says, I will, my anointed will sit on Mount Zion. He's coming back. And man thinks, I'm getting rid of him. It's not going to work out that way. But you look at this and you think, well, how much longer? And you look at, there's so many different predictions, right? Uh, David Levy, in contrast, you know, and by the way, so Amos, he, he's giving these prophecies, probably around 750 BC. So we know 
It was at least 25 or 30 years later that the judgments came, that the prophecies were fulfilled. Uh, we know that. Um, but I'm sure some people that were close and actually listening like you guys do, uh, at the time Amos were asking Amos, well, when do you think it's going to happen? Amos may have said, oh, I think it's going to happen tomorrow, but then I prayed and God's going to hold off. Twice we see that. God relented. But you look at it, the judgments still came and they were all still fulfilled. God just waited a little while longer. But all of God's uh, prophecies are fulfilled 100%. But people want to know when. So let's contrast this. Uh, David Levy says, contrast it when it comes to predicting the future by psychics and astrologers. He says that I've always had a faulty vision. For example, in 1986, author Ralph Blodgett wrote of the following. Of 550 specific predictions made by the nation's leading psychics and astrologers at the beginning of 1985, only 24 of them, less than 5%, actually happened as the psychics said they would. Less than if, by chance, a person guessed. So if you guessed, you'd have a better chance of being right than what the psychics were. That's hilarious. Uh, you just need to guess. Man, this means that 526 of them did not come to pass, or 95%. Again, better chance to get right just by guessing than going to a psychic. Isn't that crazy? Furthermore, all of these psychics, every single one of them, and astrologers, missed the 25 critical news events of 1985. One thing is sure, they cannot predict the future, writes David Levy. But contrast that with the Bible. Contrast that with God's prophets. The small group of God's prophets from the days of Israel have been accurate 100% of the time on prophecies from the past which gives us confidence that the remaining prophecies of the future will be fulfilled with 100% accuracy. 100% accuracy. Every single thing that the prophets wrote of old that would come to pass, 100% came to pass. Every one of them. So don't lose heart. When you look at Bible prophecy, you hear about Jesus calling us home, about the rapture. You're thinking, well, maybe, I don't know if this is ever going to, it's going to happen in God's timing. We don't know when that is. That's the million dollar question. Everybody wants to know when. We don't know when, but it's going to happen. God is never wrong. He's never going to be wrong. He's going to be right 100% of the time. But God is also full of mercy and compassion. And in the waiting process, did you know that God still desires to save people? in the process, and there's still people he wants us to reach, he wants to use us for. So don't lose heart. When you're looking up and saying, bring us home, look out there also and see who else can you reach for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Who else can you minister to uh, and reach out to? But I want to show you this. So here, Amos prays twice to the Lord, once with the locust invasion, once with the, the, uh, the fire he, as God gave him vision, it's going to be like this. This is how the destruction is going to come. He prays to the Lord, and it says that the Lord relented, and he did not bring those judgments. So what does relent mean? Well, relent is very similar to repent. It means simply to change direction. So what this doesn't mean is that God has sinned the way that we sin, and we have to repent, Right? doesn't mean that, that God is, was sinning against Israel by wanting to bring judgment, by saying, by, excuse me, by saying, I'm going to bring judgment against Israel. But it does mean that God held off. God changed his, his direction. His direction was to bring judgment now. But instead, God waited. He waited until later on. You see a very similar dynamic take place in the book of Jonah. When Jonah is told, I want you to go to the Assyrians. Jonah, I don't want to go to the Assyrians. Those are wicked people. God says, you're going. Jonah says, I'm not going. God says, okay, then you're going into the belly of a fish until you change your attitude. So he goes to the belly of a fish. And Jonah's attitude has changed when he's barfed up on a beach. Nevertheless, Jonah goes to Assyria. He's still mad. He's out there. And what's he say? He says, God, if I tell him to repent, I know that you are full of mercy. And, and you'll hear the prayers. And you won't judge them. God says, well, exactly. Well, guess what happened? They repented. Jonah was ticked off. He's ticked off that they repented. Well, Amos isn't ticked off. Amos is happy that uh, God held off his judgment a little bit. God didn't repent in Jonah. He held off the judgment. Because he said, this judgment is going to happen. 
But God relented from bringing the judgment because the people repented. He relents from bringing the judgment because of Amos' prayer in Amos chapter 7. Um, the judgment still came. It came 25 or 30 years later, as I mentioned, here in Amos. The judgment came eventually to Assyria because Assyria went bad again. After that generation repented, 100 years later, generation got uh, far worse and, and God did judge them. But what this reminds us of, just throw this out there, the power of prayer. So this one man's prayer, Amos, got, it, God moved the hands of God or kept the hands of God from, from bringing judgment. I don't understand how it all works when it comes to prayer, but God tells us to pray, he wants us to pray, and we don't know everything that's going on, but I'm pretty confident that all of us who are watching have people in our lives that need to know the Lord, and God probably wants to reach them, and maybe he wants to use you like that before live here, but it's a reminder to pray. Amos prayed, and God, uh, God held off. Uh, verse seven continues, then God showed me, says Amos, behold, the Lord stood on a wall made with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. So we have the vision of the fire, the vision of locusts. Now it's the vision of the plumb line. So what's the plumb line? The plumb line is the perfect word of God. And he goes back to the beginning of the nation of Israel. Back in the book of Exodus is where this thought comes from. I plumbed you with the perfect law of God. So what would a plumb be? Um, it would be like I would hold up a line. You're building a, a house, building a building. And the building has to be perfectly perpendicular, right, to the earth and going straight up. Not like the leaning tower of Pisa, uh, but uh, it has to be perfectly straight. So you got a plumb line, got a line with a weight on the bottom, and with gravity, it's going to go perfectly straight up and down. And the building is going to need to match that. So God says, I founded you with the plumb line, the perfect word of God, straight up and down. The nation of Israel started parallel with that plumb line. Where is it? Exodus chapter 19. Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid uh, before them all the words which the Lord had commanded them. Then all the people answered together, all that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. Wow. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in the thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak to you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. Okay, it's the words. They say, Moses, everything you say we're going to do, they're founded on the plumb line. That's where this idea comes from. Exodus chapter 24, verse 3. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord uh, and all the judgments. And all the people answered, get this, with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said we will do. Everything in here. We're going to do it. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will be obedient. So it, it's the book of the covenant. It's the law. It's God's word. It was the plumb line. God says, I found you at the plumb line. You started out right. In fact, it was Amos chapter 7, these verses, uh, verses 7 through 9, that were the foundation for this book, America's Coming Judgment, Where is Our Hope? In 2013, I did a message on Amos chapter 7, just those three verses, the plumb line, and I looked at ancient Israel, and then I looked at America, and then wrote that book based upon that message that I did. The message of 2013, the book was, like, I think, in 2016 or 2017, but it's that same concept perfectly plumb then verse 9 the high places of isaac will be desolate the sanctuaries laid waste this is a reference to religion in israel and then he says i, I will rise with the sword against the house of jeroboam so what's going on here so the first thing he says is he is uh, the high places of isaac will be desolate that's the sanctuaries jeroboam what did he do when the kingdoms were separated, the southern and the northern kingdom? Jeroboam goes up north. He builds a temple. False worship. 
bad move. God said, go to Jerusalem to worship me. Jeroboam says, you don't have to go there anymore. You get to do this my way. In fact, we have our own set of priests. We got our own thing. This is just like religion today. You don't have to do it, the, you don't have to do it this way. Come on. God lives in the 21st century. Hello. And they make up their own religion. Well, Jeroboam did that. And the first thing God did is he calls out the religion. The second thing he does is he goes against, he brings a sword against the house of Jeroboam. Uh, Jeroboam um, uh, it, it represents the government and the politicians. So when I, when I think of what's going on here, let me just share this with you, all right? You think of religion and you think of government. That's what God's saying. I'm gonna judge your religion, I'm gonna judge your government. By the way, the Bible says uh, judgment begins at the house of God. So people tell me, uh, God's not gonna judge America because there's too many Christians here. I say, where do you get that in the Bible? I don't believe the Bible supports that. I believe the Bible supports judgment begins at the house of God. Well, what about ancient Israel? What about ancient Judah? There were plenty of people there. Oh, look at all the prophets. They lived in those times. They were still judged. The, 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 the nations, the people in general, suffered judgment. There were bad politicians. There were really bad priests and prophets, false prophets. Check this out. This is from the book of Ezekiel. Listening, listen to this, Ezekiel 23. The Lord said to me, this is a short passage. Son of man, you must accuse Oala and Obala of all their awful deeds. Who are Oala and Obala? It's Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom, just like Amos, right? This is Ezekiel talking. Listen to what he says they've done. They've committed both adultery and murder. How do they commit adultery and murder? Well, listen to this. Adultery by worshiping idols and murder by burning their children as sacrifices on their altars. Ah, worshiping idols. The adultery is false religious practices. In other words, claiming, if you were to put it into the context of today, claiming to know the Lord Jesus Christ, but you don't live by the, by the word. You don't believe his word for your life. You've, you've changed it to fit how you want it to be, right? So worshiping, adultery by worshiping idols and murder by burning their children and sacrifices on the altar. That's abortion, if you were to put it into today's vernacular. That's abortion. So this is what they had done. You know, there's churches that support abortion all over America, all over the Western world. Unbelievable. God says, then after doing these terrible things, they defiled my temple and violated my Sabbath day. On the very day that they murdered their children in front of their idols, they boldly came into my temple to worship. They came and defiled my house. So they, they, they create religion the way they want it to feel, feels good to them, abortion is okay, and so forth. In this way, I will put an end to the lewdness and idolatry in the land, and my judgment will be a warning to others not to follow their wicked example. I'm gonna judge them, and you better pay attention. Hence, that's why I wrote this book. God says, it'll be a warning to others. People say, well, that was ancient Israel, that was ancient Judah, you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the world. Yes, folks, we do, because the Bible tells us what's coming. And if God judged ancient Judah and ancient Israel, who were his people, his covenant people, what on earth makes anybody else, whether it be America or Australia or Canada or the UK or anywhere else in the world, uh, think that they're above that? That we're above? The Jews were above God's covenant? When I think of America, the abortions have been off the charts and what's happening within churches. I watched some videos today about what's going on in churches in America. Friends, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the, the transgenderism stuff that's promoted. There's a church right down, probably a mile away from here. Drive by it, what do they promote? Coming to our bookstore, our for gay people. The whole thing, the whole church is that way. I mean, there's rainbow flags and stuff everywhere. They hear a message like this, I'm an evil man. Well, let's move on. I want to get to the end and take your questions. We're almost done here. I want to get to your questions. Give me about, just, just about three or four more minutes. It's what Amos saw. Number two, it's what Amos said, um, verses 10 through uh, 13. In fact, I'll read through this, get through this pretty quick. Then Amaziah, the priest uh, of Bethel, that's the false place of worship. There was Bethel and there was Dan. 
to false places of worship. Amaziah sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, Go, you seer, flee to the land of Judah. There eat bread, and there prophesy, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is the royal residence. Wow. Amaziah, he is a bad priest. He's a bad priest. He's a priest, an evil one, and there's a bunch of them. What's he say? You guys who talk about Bible prophecy, because that's what he's doing. And you're talking about judgment. You're saying bad stuff's going to happen to the king. You're saying bad stuff's going to happen to our nation. Get out of here. You don't belong here. We don't want to hear it. You're a bad person. Shut your mouth, you seer. He's mocking him. He's making fun of him. Get out of here with all of your nonsense. That's what they tell you all over the place, don't they? When you want to tell them Jesus is coming. And you point out the obvious. And you point out the Bible. Shut up. We don't want to hear it. You've conspired against the king. Didn't conspire against the king. He was reading the truth of God's word and preaching the truth of God's word. And the truth of God's word said the king is finished. They're saying you're conspiring. So we're going to arrest you. We're going to throw you in jail. It's January 7th. <laughs> Jeez. Unbelievable this stuff that's going on. Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor was I son of a prophet, but I was a sheep reader and a tender of fruit. The Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. In other words, Amos saying, look, I didn't even want to be a prophet. God's the one who made me, who put me in this business. You think I want to do this stuff? I don't want to be mocked. I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be threatening my life, but I'm going to tell you what God's word says, and I'm going to be faithful to God even if you guys threaten me. That's what Amos is saying. Now, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Do, you, you say, do not prophesy against Israel. Do not spout against the house of Isaac. Therefore, says the Lord, your wife shall be a harlot in the city. Ouch. Your wife's going to be a prostitute. She's leaving you. This is what's going to happen. And it happened. It happened. Your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword. And it happened. Your land shall be divided by survey line. And it happened. You shall die in a defiled land, and Israel shall surely be led away captive from his own land. Everything happened exactly as the prophet of God said it was going to happen. Folks, looking at this going, I mean, this is like, wow. It, God's prophets are 100% right. Listen, I'm going to ask you to do something. Send in your questions, but, you, but while you're getting ready, I'm going to close with just these comments from... Um, from uh, uh, Damon Duck, who wrote this. Concerning world government, on July 26, 2022, the Washington Standard published an article by award-winning international journalist Alex Newman titled, UN and World Economic Forum Behind Global War on Farmers. It's a great article. He recommends you read it. I also recommend you read it. I read the article last week. And then he says this, Newman's article contains more information than I want to discuss here, but it is extremely important and I recommend it to those who are interested. In my words, here's some of his insights on current events. Check it out. The UN and the World Economic Forum are jointly pushing the nations to implement the Agenda 2030 Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, and if they are not stopped, their policies will lead to economic devastation shortages of critical goods, widespread famine, and a dramatic loss of individual freedoms. Wow. These problems are already impacting millions of people, and they will worsen in the coming weeks and the coming months. Uh, uh, so remember, we're looking at that with Amos in uh, chapter 7, verse 1, with the king's mowings. The elite at the top are going to get whatever they want. They're going to own everything. That's their goal. Why is Bill Gates buying this? Why is BlackRock doing this? Why is China doing this? You start look, everything going on. It starts to make sense. It's controlling. They're going to own, and they want you to have nothing and like it. Resistance to this globalist agenda is growing in some parts of the world, but government officials are tracking down, uh, cracking down on their citizens instead of trying to solve their complaints. The real agenda is not to help people or to save the planet from climate change. The real goal is to reduce the sovereignty of people and nations and to bring everyone on earth under the rule of a government, of a world government. That's the truth. That's what their real goal is. 
bring everyone on earth under the rule of a world government. May we only submit to the Lord Jesus Christ because they're going to put the squeeze on more and more. We don't know when we're going home, but we can see what's going on. These things point to that final kingdom of Antichrist where the devil tries to steal it from Jesus Christ. It ain't going to work. Jesus is coming. Globalist leaders believe they can gain control over people and nations by gaining control over their food and energy. They are not concerned about food and energy shortages because they believe they have the wealth and means to protect themselves from the shortages they are creating. Again, the elite class at the top and everybody else suffers. You keep hearing about equality with these people. They keep telling we need to have, it needs to be equality. It's, this is what it's going to be equal amounts of poverty for all of us. Global control is why small business people, farmers, ranchers, and workers are being squeezed out and made poor all over the world. This is behind the statement, you will own nothing and be happy. It continues from there. In my opinion, the future, in the future, those that are not happy must not say so because many globalists want to reduce the population of the earth. In other words, you go against the system, you're going to be finished. Another, in my opinion, he says, a big difference between this present generation and past generations is the globalist desire to create problems instead of solving problems. Listen, we can see the direction it's going. You look at Amos, you look at the book of Revelation, you see everything that's going on. How can you miss these things, folks? We need to be aware. Pay attention and, and don't lose heart. Have hope because um, we know that all of these things point to Jesus calling us home. And, and the forgiveness of sins that we already have ought to give us the, the energy and the excitement to go out there and tell others about Jesus. But again, 100% of the prophecies are going to be fulfilled. We can watch them. And I love Damon Duck's explanation there uh, of the Alex Newman article. I read it also. It was a great article. Okay, question. Here we go. Do you have the speaking schedule for your August conference? Folks are asking uh, what time people are speaking. Uh, Lisa D, thank you for monitoring. I do not have the speaking schedule yet because it keeps changing on me because different speakers say, well, can I speak here instead of here? That kind of stuff's happening. So no, I don't have the speaking schedule yet, but the beauty of it is if you're live stream, you can watch up to 30 days after the conference. And um, so you can watch it live if you want or later on if you want. Um, I do know pretty much everybody is speaking twice. Um, so um, that much, except for David, uh, David Tal and Joe Pettick are not speaking twice um, because David Tal has to go to back east. Joe Pettick has church on uh, his church, so he's, he's just always prepared for that. Okay, uh, next question. This person says, I love Damon Duck. Uh, he's awesome. Someday I will get Damon Duck on our one of our live programs. My phone is not... This is a problem. You're, you're welcome, uh, uh, Lisa D. Okay, my phone's not stopping, folks. Um, and so it's hard for me to read anything. But I did get this one. Uh, I'm going to start taking screenshots. Kim B, question. Uh-oh, my dad is Catholic. Let's see if I got it. Uh, I missed it. It got away from me. Uh, ouch. I don't know what's going on with this. Let me try again. Here, here's one. Here, Van. Boy. Okay, screenshot, screenshot, here we go. Van Rickelderfer, a question, is the bride with Jesus Christ in heaven when he begins to break the seals? Are the seals part of the wrath of God? If they aren't part of his wrath, how do we classify them? I, I classify them as part of his wrath. So um, that's me, you know, I had John Haller on last Monday, some of you saw John Haller, or Tuesday, one of the two, uh, Tuesday, John Haller was with me. We have a different opinion on uh, some of those things. Um, but I believe we are raptured. I believe the seals are part of God's, I, I would say God's judgment um, in, in this sense. When the seals are unloosed, I believe we are watching the Lord unloose the seals, but God has turned uh, people over, men over to do what they want to do. That is a judgment in and of itself. For example, in Romans chapter one, God gives them over to debased mind. So when you see the four seals being unloosed, what you see happening is the rise of world government, the white horse, the rise of war, uh, the rise of the economic catastrophe and famine, the rise of plagues and death by the war, death by the famine and so forth, death by combination of everything else. But it appears to me these are all intentional. The rider on the white horse, whether it be Antichrist or spirit of Antichrist, I've talked about that before, my opinion on it. Um, 
Uh, it's 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 about control of the people, a a fake peace. They're not gaining control over the people by weapons, but gaining control over people by something else. Food distribution, shutting down farms, lockdowns, whatever it is, right? We can look at the past two and a half years and go, how do you control the masses? Let me tell you, you get control of the food without firing a weapon. You can control the people real easy, can't you? Um, but... I believe we are very close to the four horsemen riding, which leads me to believe we're very close to being raptured out of here. Um, but when you get to the sixth seal, you clearly have the wrath of the Lord at that place because they say it's the wrath of the Lamb. But I do believe at the same time we have the judgment of God that's already begun with the first four horsemen of the apocalypse or the first four horsemen of the, of the uh, uh, great judgments that are coming. Uh, and the judgments in the, with the first four horsemen, they clearly are different from the rest of the judgments. The, the uh, seventh, uh, the sixth seal, the seventh seal, and then the trumpet judgments and the bull judgments. The first four are different. In fact, the first five seals are different because the fifth seal is the people who have been martyred for their faith in Christ uh, somewhere early on in the tribulation period. Um, let me, let me set this up a little bit different, and this is where some of my colleagues get really upset with me, but I'm going to set it up like this. I believe we are totally being prepared for all four horsemen of the apocalypse. Again, the white horse, you just think subduing the people without weapons. Uh, the red horse, massive war. Think of China right now, Russia right now, the United States right now, Iran right now. You start thinking this. Oh, baby, we're ready for war like we've never seen it before. Economic catastrophe of the black horse um, you have famine, economic collapse. We're set up for it. It's like intentional. Out of it comes the fourth horse. What's the fourth horse? Death by pestilence, famine, war, all of the above. Okay. The reason I don't believe that the white horse is necessarily Antichrist himself, and it could be, but con the confirmation of the peace covenant with Israel is because right after the white horse, Everything in the world goes wrong. The red horse, the black horse, the pale horse, right? Total disaster. It is absolutely awful. So the world will look at Antichrist. If Antichrist is the white horse that supposedly brings peace to the planet, people will look at Antichrist and say, well, ever since you got here on your white horse, we've had nothing but hell breaking loose. We don't want you as leader. We need somebody else. <laughs> so I think Antichrist is actually revealed after the first four horsemen of the apocalypse. He says, hey, I've got solutions. I believe, listen, Satan only loves himself. He doesn't love anybody else. He only loves himself. And because of that, he will use George Soros, Klaus Schwab, um, Yuval Noah Harari. He'll use anybody because he's only out to save his own skin. Nobody else matters to him. But he will use everybody. He will set them up. Right now, I think that's what's going on. So in Satan gets his man Antichrist on the scene. There's going to be total chaos all over the world. Antichrist is going to come on the scene and say, I've got solutions to all the problems. Listen, I've got a peace plan for Israel. It's going to be awesome. Uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are done. These guys really messed up everything. These globalists, can you believe what they did? Listen, this deceit of Antichrist is going to be so powerful. Jesus says, if possible, even the elect would be deceived. That would be people on the right and people on the left, both sides of the altar. The deception's going to be great. Right now, we're not there. But after all the catastrophes, Antichrist comes on the scene. He's super charismatic. And guess what's going to be a problem? All those who are receiving Christ during the time of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I believe we're out of here before then, but many people are going to come to Christ. Antichrist shows up on the scene. You have the fifth seal. Those who are martyred for their faith. Hey, these Christians, they're part of the problem. So we got to get rid of them too, so they start being martyred, hence the fifth seal. And it's somewhere in that time frame, I believe, that the confirmation of the covenant is going to take place. It's the confirmation of the covenant that kicks off the 70th week of Daniel. But I do believe we are raptured before uh, the first uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse. So, great question. I, I, could, I could probably go on for hours about that, and I know some of my colleagues, they do not like what I say, but listen, I could argue about it too, but... Nevertheless, Kim B. Question. Okay, here it is. My dad is Catholic and a non-believer. He thinks he is going to purgatory. Could you say something on this? I told him purgatory isn't in the Bible. Um, I would say that you are 
correct. Uh, purgatory isn't in the Bible. The, the idea of purgatory, it comes from, uh, the idea of purgatory comes from the Apocrypha. I was raised Catholic myself. I was I believed in purgatory. Quite frankly, purgatory sounds nice because if purgatory is real, then that means uh, pretty much everybody's going to heaven as long as you've been baptized, at least as a Catholic. Uh, and uh, so you can really screw up everything if you want. And then you just pay for your sins in purgatory, but purgatory is not in the Bible. Um, I remember having a conversation with my dad probably close to 30 years ago. And we were eating dinner, and my dad said he's going to heaven. And I said, well, what do you base that on? And he was puzzled. He, 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 and he didn't know what to say other than being good. And then, um, and I said, well, this is what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say this, and, but people think the Bible does say these certain things. The Bible doesn't teach purgatory. Uh, purgatory is a creation of, uh, of man. Um, but um, there you have it. Let me go on with some more questions. Let's see, question Blue Lapis Lazile, have you heard that the next few months we will see the most massive global famine and next year so big fertilizer to recover food? Uh, um, next year there is big enough fertilizer to recover food deficit. Um, I don't know about the fertilizer part, if we're going to have enough food fertilizer to, um, to come back from a food uh, deficit. But I do look at it and in the various things I read and talking to other people, it appears that the, there's a famine that's already being, uh, that's out there. Nations in the West are probably not gonna suffer that much. Uh, out here, we're gonna pay more for food. But from what I understand, parts of, of Africa are gonna be devastated. Then you, you look at what's going on in Sri Lanka and these other places where they were told to go with green food and green policies. Same, they're trying to do this in America, but again, in America we'll pay more. But in other nations, people are going to be dying of famine. Uh, will the famine reach the point of the black horse in the next few months? I don't think it'll reach that point until after we're raptured. So that's why I'm thinking, man, I don't think we have a lot of time left here. I think we're gonna be gone from this planet pretty soon. I certainly hope we are, because this place is messed up. But nevertheless, if we're still here and God has another plan, let's be faithful about our Father's business. As far as fertilizer production picking up or whatever's going on with Russia and Ukraine, I don't know. Um, maybe, um, but from what I read, uh, fertilizer's just gonna get harder and harder to come by. So, uh, yeah. So let's go on. This is from Paula. Paula, thank you, by the way, for your super chat. Uh, do the 144,000 make it through the entire tribulation? Are they part of the remnant that hide in Petra? That is a great question, Paula. Okay. Yes, they make it through the entire tribulation period. Uh, the reason I say that, I can, I can read to you from uh, Revelation chapter 14. Do they make it are they part of Petra? I don't know. That's a good question. We do know this, that from Revelation chapter 7, the 144,000 are totally protected from all of the judgments that are coming. God says, seal them so they don't suffer these, these things. We also know from Revelation chapter 14, they're existing at the end of the tribulation period. Revelation chapter 14, verse 1, uh, John writes, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on the mount, on Mount Zion, and with him... 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. And then I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters and like the voice of the loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps and they sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. Okay, <clears throat> so where are the 144,000 located? Revelation chapter 14, verse 1. They're standing with the lamb, and the lamb's standing on Mount Zion. So Jesus isn't standing on Mount Zion until he returns at the end of the tribulation period. Now, some people have said, well, wait a minute, he's going to come back twice. He's going to stand on Mount Zion with 144,000. No, he's not. Antichrist is going to be there. So he's, he's not coming back until the end of the tribulation period. With the 144,000, they'll be waiting there for him. So I believe the 144,000 survived the whole tribulation period. I don't know if they're going to have to go to Petra. Um, maybe they will. Um, maybe they won't because they certainly are 
protected. Okay, let's see. Next question here. Uh, what is the purpose of fancy pants trip to oh, oh, oh to Taiwan? Oh, that's so. Uh, that's Pelosi, right? Fancy pants Pelosi. I don't know. I, you know, I'm kind of trying to figure that out myself. I've read different things. I don't know about fancy pants and what her what her purpose is yet. But uh, that is kind of funny. Um, thanks. Good question. Okay, let me go on to this question. Uh, KZ, would you please pray for healing for me? I probably have a few something. I couldn't read the rest of it. Yes, I will pray for you in just one second. Uh, this is from Gigi. Uh, do good angels, um, so mankind, or assist in gospel evangelizing? Do, do good angels witness to mankind or assist in gospel evangelizing? Let me get that question, and then KZ, I'm going to get to your prayer. So... Um, do good angels witness to mankind? Uh, we only know for sure that they do during the tribulation period. We don't know about any other time in the Bible. We do know that they are ministers. The book of Hebrews tells us that, and they minister to us in our needs. They minister to those who are saved and being saved. So we know that. But in the book of Revelation, uh, we know that they're part of the gospel evangelizing, the main part. Uh, Revelation, I think it's Revelation chapter, it is chapter 14, right after 144,000 passages that I read, you see the angels, and one of the angels flies throughout the entire globe proclaiming the gospel. Why? So that nobody is without excuse saying um, the gospel wasn't reached to all nations. It will be by this particular angel. Uh, Revelation chapter 14, and it is... Um, Verse 6, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. So there it is, Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, but you don't see that anywhere else in the Bible. Okay, uh, let me take this, let me have this last prayer request here from KZ. Uh, KZ, would you please pray for healing for me? Um, I probably have a few vestibular disorders. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up KZ to you. And we know, Lord, that many, many, many people that are watching this, uh, this is their church right now. So together, as a church, as a body of Christ, we lift up KZ to you. We pray for your physical healing for KZ. You're ministering. Your word tells us to pray for those who are sick and to trust in you. Uh, so we trust in you for your healing for KZ. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior of our souls. Amen. God bless you guys. Listen, thank you, everyone. I know we went a little bit over tonight, but that's pretty typical of me to go a little bit over. Hey, listen, you can register for the conference. You guys know that. I have a special guest tomorrow. Uh, I've got Andy Woods Tuesday with me live at 2 o'clock. Next Monday and Tuesday, Brand Holdhouse are going to be joining me uh, for a live cast. I'll fill you in on those things. Um, and check out the app. Download the app. I'd like to know what you think of the Hope for Our Times app. It's in the Apple Store. And by the way, we are also on Amazon now. We are. Pretty cool. So, hey, um, praise the Lord. The more places we can get the word out, the better. And I'll update you on all kinds of things tomorrow during our live cast. God bless you guys. Um, wherever you are in the world, may the Lord richly bless you and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. See ya. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.